0: welcome to a special collaboration podcast between me sunny who's going to be representing the Align cast and i'll let my co-hosts introduce themselves from the wild chat
1: i'm ashley um, i'm joined by my co-host adam we're missing one tonight dylan who is at a hockey game but we are the wild chat we are all northwestern sports all the time i'm um, super excited to be here today with sunny
0: yeah. Th- thanks for coming on. You know, uh, let's be honest. Uh, the college football world is all talking about our game upcoming on Saturday. I don't know if there's another big game on Saturday. So, you know, we, we got to throw the content out there because it's what the people want. And that's Illinois and Northwestern uh, football talk. So, you know, I, thanks for taking the time out. I, I, I watched your guys' episode with Maryland and a couple of the other teams. So, you know, I like the energy you guys bring. Uh, you know, it's, very entertaining. Um, I figure what we can kind of do is we can just go back and forth, ask each other questions about our teams, and then we can just kind of go from uh, go from there. Does that sound good? I love it. Uh, let me start off. Uh, uh, as an Illinois football fan, a uh, question for you is like, why couldn't you guys stink for one more year? That's all we needed. I mean, this we had this locked in as – you know, a W on our end and, you know, we would get bowl eligible and now we're going to be fighting for our lives on Saturday. So I guess what I'm really trying to ask you is you guys are six and five, you know, one of the premier stories, the best stories in college football this year. How'd you guys get to this point?
2: I mean, it's, it's gotta just be the David Braun effect, really. After what happened this off season and everything with Pat Fitzgerald, I mean, people are thinking this Northwestern team's winning two games max. Uh, I know Ashley predicted four. I was a little bit more conservative. I felt like this was a three-win team. But, I mean, the team has just bought in to David Braun. It's it's really that simple. Sitting in some, in some press conferences this year um, and, and getting to cover this team a little bit, it, it's just very clear um, that this team bought in and believed fr- from the beginning. And they started off with a loss, then went loss win, loss win, currently on a the first to back wins this season, beating Wisconsin two weeks ago on the road. Really impressive win. And then being one you know, at home against Purdue, really close game at the end, but found a way to get a a win. This team's just finding ways um, to be clutch in big moments. Um, they're getting production um, from everyone, offensively and defensively, and they're just—they're just coming up with big moments and big plays, and and they've bought into to the system and their roles. And I mean, this is the best this team is playing football right now. Um, and it's important, especially at the latter part of the season, um, get, gaining bowl eligibility last week, but more importantly, having the opportunity to spoil, um, you know, what Illinois fans hopefully, um, you know, see as a bowl game potentially.
0: Were you both on board with uh, removing the interim tag for uh, David?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I was definitely on the earlier. I hopped on the train a little bit earlier than everyone else. I caught a bit of flack for it, um, sharing that opinion publicly. I said that I wanted David Braun to be full time head coach, no interim after the Penn State game, which is our biggest loss of the season. So I think my timing might have been a little off to make that announcement. Maybe I should have waited a little bit. Maybe I should have like maybe it wasn't the best timing, but I still stand by it. I mean, he's like Adam said. I mean, clearly the culture in the locker room has changed. I mean, in a season where no one thought we would win more than two games. I mean, some people had one, some people had none. I think at Big Banter, we were the only team or the only podcast to have the team at more than two wins. Um so no one thought we could do it and i'm sure for a portion of the time the players didn't either i credit so much of it to david braun um he's kind of the people's coach i don't know if you saw the interview on big 10 network after we all stormed the field adam and i and dylan were all in the field that day but um david braun was like high in the fans and you know fist bumping the students he was so excited about it I- i've told people he's the people's coach. I don't know if there's a better way to describe it, but we love him.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm not quite as fond, uh, you know, for me, it's, you know, it, it's, it's, it's been a great story, obviously. Um, I guess, you know, I do have some hesitation to, uh, you know, see how good he can, because this is, you know, He's kind of coaching with Fitzgerald's guys still, right? Like uh, his coaching staff are all guys who are signed on with Fitzgerald. So I guess what I kind of talked about in a uh, the big t- in huddle, I think I was a, a co-host uh, within the past week, is I want to see what happens when the off season hits and see which coaches decide to look for other opportunities, you know, with someone, you know, maybe they've worked with before. I want to see what David Braun's recruiting is like. You know, he's never obviously been in a position like this before, uh, especially at a P or in particular at a P5 level. So, you know, and obviously this is something I'm going to be looking at very closely because, you know, Northwestern being one of the protected rivals uh, for Illinois, this is, you know, this directly uh, involves um, my program, too. So, you know, it's I'm happy for you guys, kind of as happy as a rival, you know, can be for another rival just because you guys kind of started off the season in such a you know like nobody wants to you know with that that cloud being held over them you know it's like it was really unfortunate i was one of the guys who had you guys at maybe i think i had you at two wins just from your um out of conference and uh so you completely surprised me but i'm an idiot i had illinois winning nine games so it shows how little i should be talking uh college football moving forward but as my podcast to be honest
2: to be honest, it sounds like you're just scared of David Braun. That's that's kind of what it's coming off as. I think I think you're just a little scared of the of the purple to the north.
0: It's it's again, it's just one of those things. Like who is he? Like where did he come from? Like you know, it's it's we heard uh, you know the whole thing with Fitzgerald, and you know, obviously we've had the better of Fitzgerald the last couple of years, so you know it was kind of trending the Illini way, and then you know that whole fiasco happened and. We thought at least for two, three years, Northwestern would be going through like a rebuilding process. They hire an interim, then they're going to have to find a real coach. Then it's going to take a couple of years of recruiting cycles and whatnot. And then in the meantime, we can count on one of your wins, one of our, you know, as a win uh, in order for us to reach bowl eligibility. And here we are rivalry week and you got year one, you guys have already hit six. And we're fighting for our lives for six. So there's an ounce of frustration in my voice. Uh, I, I agree with that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, you guys got any questions for me?
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously this this Illinois team, beginning of the season, moments where some really solid moments, obviously a lot of, a lot of bad, like for example that Purdue game. Um, but the past five weeks have all been one possession games. And it feels like this Illinois team is is it's almost there, but it's not quite there. So as from a fan's perspective, like what is your like what are you thinking about in terms of this team?
0: You know, we've completely a lot of people, um, as you kind of talked about, they saw two games of Illinois on um, national TV. They saw that Penn State game where it was Luke Altmaier's worst game of his career where he threw four interceptions. But I mean, we competed in that first half, but it's just our quarterback just had the worst game of his life. And then we had the Purdue fiasco, which I have no words for right now. It's one of those where if we could get the Purdue and Nebraska game, if we played them on Saturday, I think we would be a touchdown favorite over Purdue, and I think we could beat uh, Nebraska given a, a second chance. Um, I remember, you know, it was a Friday night we are playing that Nebraska game. We lost 20-7, to and it's not because Nebraska played well. They played awful but that game was one of the most awful display of football I've ever seen as an Illinois fan, period. And, you know, i have gone through the Tim Beckman, Lovie Smith era, and I just didn't recognize that team at all. So as you're talking about, you know, we, we get beat by, I forget which game was the latter, was Purdue or Nebraska, but after that we have uh, Maryland and Wisconsin coming up. And we're staring at, you know, 0-4, start to the conference before we go into our bye week. And the the mood, the attitude with the line Illini Nation was at an all-time low. I mean, just, you know, we just weren't feeling it. I think we were uh, two touchdown underdogs to Maryland, uh, at Maryland. And, uh, you know, we made a similar bet that you did with the Turtle Hats. Um, not expected to, you know, uh, have a shipment uh, be sent to our house. But, you know, we kind of pulled, we pulled off the upset and we were clearly the better uh, team against Maryland. Kind of surprised all of us. Um, Since that Maryland game, you know, we dominated three quarters against Wisconsin. We, then Johnny Newton gets ejected in the fourth quarter. Uh, We give up an 18 point lead and, you know, we lose that game. Um, we We beat Minnesota the following week. Everyone knows about the Indiana shootout. Uh, the John Paddock game uh, from two weeks ago. And then, you know, we go down to the last, uh, what, five, six minutes uh, against Iowa. It's one of those, it's it's a case of two seasons. Like, up until that Nebraska game, I didn't know what team I was watching. We had no semblance of an identity on offense. There was no, you know, when you think of Brett Bielema, you think of running the football, play good defense, and the typical Big Ten football. And then it was in the Maryland game where all of a sudden our um, four-star freshman, Caden Fagan, all of a sudden, it was kind of his emergence. And, you know, the guy is massive. And um, so for the next four or five games, it was just handed off to him. And all of a sudden now uh, defenses couldn't overload on Luke Altmeyer, who's been a good quarterback. You know, don't get me wrong. He's been a – I think he's the best quarterback in the Big Ten West. But the simple matter is uh, there was no running game keep being him honest. And so he was kind of, he was our running back and that's just a lot of pressure on a quarterback who's really in his first full season, uh, playing college football. Once Caden got back there, our defense has stepped up. Uh, we were last in the league in sacks for the first half of the big 10 season. And since then we're leading the big 10 in sacks. Uh, one of our guys is leading, you know, the big 10, uh, in sacks, um, individually it's just been a completely different team. And, you know, it's, it's a shame. this It's not how this works. You know, everyone has the what ifs, but I feel like if we had another five weeks to the season, Illinois is at the point where they could come back and start competing for the big 10 West. But, you know, what, ifs is not how all of this works. So that's you know, it is what it is. You know, right now, we're all just zeroed in on Saturday, try to get that bowl game, try to get those, 15 extra practices and kind of build towards it next year, um, you know, just it's a transition year, you know, with uh, Illinois lost three guys to the NFL in the top 70 picks. So we knew it was a rebuilding year coming into the year, but uh, I just had higher hopes. And, uh, you know, again, we're, we're turning into the team. I thought we would, but uh, you know, it hasn't been like that all year long um, for you guys. What would you say is like the kind of, Let's be honest, you know uh, I'm so focused on Illinois football that I don't exactly watch a lot of northwestern football
2: as, so, as you probably shouldn't <laughs>
0: when when I tune in on Saturday, give me kind of a scouting report of what I should be looking for on offense and then uh defense ashley i'm gonna i'm gonna let you take take this
2: one first and then i'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with some like under the radar guys that I just absolutely love
1: okay, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Um, So someone that I've loved all season, although this is a generic answer, is Ben Bryant. He's our new quarterback this year, transfer from Cincinnati. He's been injured for a majority of the season um, and came back with a vengeance and has been doing really well ever since he came back. Um, So I definitely look out for him. Like, I think he's just been getting better every game as he settles in. Something I noticed last week at Purdue, he was starting to think, I'd always I don't want to say criticize because I love Ben Ryan, but criticize is the right word. I'd always criticize his lack of creativity um, and his lack of like, he doesn't really run. He's not like when he scrambles, he's getting sacked. Like there's no, he doesn't think on his feet. He's not as creative as maybe your Brendan Sullivan, who runs with the ball a little bit more, but doesn't have the accuracy um, in the past game that you might like. I think last game, he got a lot better at, doing that quick thinking there's one play i don't remember when it was but it was a third down He was about to get sacked he decides to go for the shovel pass instead of taking the sack and then we end up getting the first down like that kind of play i think he's getting a lot better with it um so i'm looking forward to see what he can do this weekend but then i'd also say i mean i think our best wide receiver of the year has been bryce kurtz i don't have enough good things to say about him but last weekend it was the cam show it was our running back cam porter and our wide receiver, uh, Cam Johnson, that scored all the touchdowns that we had against Purdue. Um, so they've been doing well also. So th- I feel like those are the more basic names. Like when you're looking at the field, that's who you should know. Like Cam Porter's been doing really well. We thought it would be A.J. Henning, the transfer from Michigan, because he was coming from Michigan, doing really well on special teams there. But he hasn't been the playmaker that your Kurtz or your Porter has been. Um, so those are the basic names. Adams got all the under-the-radar first look at who you should be looking out for especially on defense you got that Adam?
2: yeah i'll i'll, I'll cook on defense a little i mean bef- before we move to the defensive side i want to shout out joe hyman i shout him out in every single podcast he's probably i mean he's he's, he's running back to be essentially uh cam porter's the the bell cow he's the starter you, you you have trey tyus in there too um who gets a lot of goal line work or you know short down and distance work um but joe hyman undersized guy um, not necessarily your power running back in any capacity, but I mean, when he catches the football out of the backfield and he's in open field, it's, it's going to go for 40 yards. It's, it's that simple. Um, he had an 85 or 75 or like 80 yard touchdown against UTEP earlier in the year off a screen pass, had a 57 yard catch off a screen pass against Maryland that almost went for a touchdown. Like if he catches the ball in open space, it's going to go for, for, for a big gain. Um, he gets, I'd say four or five touches a game. And I mean, if, if he finds some open space, it's dangerous. Defensively, I'm really looking at, I mean, the linebackers are really strong for Northwestern. You look at Xander Mueller, Bryce Gallagher, but I'm really happy with how the secondaries look this year. Um, you look at Devin Turner, um, you know, one of those younger players in the back end, but he's so physical in the run game, really gets downhill, um, and then just is a disruptor in the pass game too. But then, you know, you got your, your cornerbacks too, Taron Johnson and Garnett Hollis Jr., especially Garnett Hollis Jr. I mean, that guy is a legit... NFL caliber player. Um, I, I mean I'd I'd be surprised if he didn't make some sort of NFL roster um next season if he if he opted to go that route. I mean he's just built like an NFL corner. Uh Taron Johnson had a pick in the Iowa game. They've been really strong all season, and that was kind of a big issue with this Northwestern defense. I mean, you lose um uh Cam Mitchell uh to, to the NFL draft. Um, and you're like, who's going to fill in in the secondary? But Coco ozma has been great. The secondaries looked really, really good. It's just at the end of the day for Northwestern, it comes down to can they stop the run? Um, that's just something that's been so just, uh, you know, the biggest issue this season. Um, and Purdue ran all over Northwestern last week. Um, you look at Devin Mockaby um, and, and, and Jones, Tracy Jones, um, that were just really, really good uh, against Northwestern. So it's going to be the run game that I think is really the focal point um, and kind of the key if, if Illinois can can be successful in that aspect, uh, that that could point to a victory for, for, for them.
0: Uh, that'd be tricky for Illinois because, you know, we've basically lost four of our running backs to season-ending injuries. Um, against Iowa, we actually... When Reggie Love, the only remaining uh, running back, he had to sit out for a, a snap or two. We had to have a converted linebacker come in uh, and play running back for us uh, for us uh, for a couple snaps. So, you know, without Caden Fagan, Reggie Love, you know, he had he's had a couple solid games. He was our starter coming into the season, but um, in for me to kind of give you guys a scouting report is I want to see what happens with john paddock once again um you know obviously we saw what happened the last game or last drive against minnesota then he had 507 yards just went berserk against uh indiana uh following that up last week you know he he was held down a little bit but it's also against iowa you're talking about playing iowa in Knick stadium in the evening it's dark that's one of the toughest places to play I just told you about a running back situation. John Paddock was forced to throw the ball 47 times. So, you give you know Phil Parker you know a clue that you're going to throw the ball almost every single time. He's going to be able to conjure up a defensive scheme that's going to you know limit the quarterback's uh, you know capabilities and efficiency. So. You know, from what I know of the Northwestern defense, you know, you guys are kind of middle of the pack and nothing was jumping out at me uh, for the most part. So I'm interested in seeing if the John Paddock legend continues for another week. You know, he's got essentially two more games, well, at least one game. And if we get the bowl game, Uh, Brett's already said that Paddock is going to start here on out. So that's the thing I'm most looking forward to. Uh, You know, can he continue that hot streak? Can he find the open guy? This, You'll see it. You're, I've never seen a quarterback who makes decisions so quickly. Um, I think I saw a stat that of quarterbacks who took something like 70 snaps, he's got the shortest time between the snap and releasing the ball. You're talking about under two and a half seconds. He kind of knows what he's going to do, and he doesn't overthink it. Um, you know, he's a, he's. this is his sixth year in college football. You know, he's... Uh, he played for, well, he sat on the bench for Ball State for three years. He started there last year, and then he's a, he's a walk-on for us um, this year. But the kind of difference between Luke Altmeyer and Paddock is Luke sometimes holds on to the ball too, too long. And it, it, you know, he kind of gets nervous a little bit, and he kind of uh, makes himself run. And so he tends to get sacked a little bit more often, whereas Paddock rarely gets sacked because he's kind of, committed to. He he knows what he wants to do and he's not afraid to do it. You listen to, you know, interviews with him and he's just one of the most confident guys and not even in a bad way. Like he's so grateful for the opportunity that he has that you can tell he's just kind of enjoying the moment. Um, You know, his family's a legacy at University of Illinois between his great grandfather, his grandfather and his uncle. They all played for the University of Illinois. So for him to kind of add to that you know it's like he knows uh he's just kind of letting it all soak in um on the defensive side for us uh you know yesterday i believe it was announced that the drazon newton and keith randolph are going to be going to the nfl and so uh in particular Drazan newton this is going to be his last college football game and i can imagine him you know going you know Balls of the wall, just trying to make one last impression in front of uh, the fans in Champaign, you know, just to kind of leave a lasting legacy. I remember last year, Sidney Brown had a pick six in his last game as a senior, uh, you know, against you guys. And, you know, I know Tristan going to be playing his butt off. Um, so I, I think those two are the guys to kind of look at our secondary has been our rough the rough part of our team all season long. And that's kind of because of what I told you earlier. You know, we lost so much talent to the NFL draft that a lot of the guys are either underclassmen or new guys we brought in as transfers. And so, you know, they haven't adjusted as fast uh, as we would have hoped. So I think, you know, if I had to guess, this is going to be either the John Paddock game or the Jerzon Newton game um, for us to win. And if it's not, then we're looking forward to a long off season uh, down in Champaign, at least. But uh, I I guess,
2: I guess the funny thing is like, obviously it makes sense that Illinois has decided to go with panic. Um, But like there are moments when you watch Luke Altmaier and you're just like, wow, he can be really good. And it's just kind of this thing for Illinois. I feel like, they just need a little bit more consistency from him. And if that's able to to develop next year and, and in the future, I, I mean, like Illinois got a legit starting quarterback um, because like there are moments where Altmaier can be really special. It's just,
0: he's not. I completely agree. I, I really like Luke Altmaier and I'm very confident with him as our quarterback uh, moving forward. Uh, I get what Brett's thinking is like that game that, you know, the last drive that Paddock had against Minnesota and that game that he ha- had against Indiana, it's just hard to bench that. You know, the guy was just, you know, you don't, it's rare you see a quarterback that on fire. Like, I know you guys are a little younger than me, but like, that reminded me of like Kurt Warner during the Rams years when the guy was just nailing every single throw, throwing for 400 yards every single week. And you needed, Paddock kind of gave you a higher ceiling. To beat Iowa, whereas Altmire kind of gives you a, a higher floor, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I mean I, I get it. Uh, you know, I think we'll see if the magic is still in Paddock uh, uh, on Saturday. If not, you know, you know it's unfortunate, but I you know I don't. It's not like a matter of there's a being a QB controversy. I don't think we're going to be looking for another quarterback in the portal or anything like that. I I think we have a really good young player in Luke Altmire. Um, Moving forward, uh, trying to think, how has your recruiting been under David Braun? Um, see,
2: that's really interesting because obviously coming into like this week, essentially, I mean, is is the first situation where now he's actually the, the head coach and like he can actually tell recruits like this is like actually what we're what's going on. Um, Northwestern had signed a couple guys. I mean, no, no one crazy, obviously it's, it's still Northwestern. Um, you know, a, a couple, a couple good players, uh, one from Texas, a big, a big offensive tackle, a six, seven guy, um, as well as, um, another, another, de- uh, defensive secondary piece. Um, but Northwestern actually, I think it was either yesterday or the day before where we actually lost our first, um, recruit who had, um committed back in march to to, to fits um, and had stuck with the program until um until now, however, I think he also has offers from like Ohio State um, and some other big teams. So he decided to 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 move a different direction. Um, but I'm kind of curious to see where this goes forward with recruiting because I mean, like Ashley said, like this guy, david braun, is is such it, he's the people's coach. He's the players' coach. And I think that energy is very clear, um, not just from a Northwestern fan perspective, but also from a national media perspective. Um, and just the way that David Brown David Brown cares about this team, um, it's 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 really it's it's remarkable, really. Um, and I think from a recruiting perspective, that's huge. I mean, as soon as you talk to any player, um, they're gonna they're gonna support, they're gonna back up David Brown, and I don't think that's something. Um, That you can really feel as strongly with other teams. And I think that's a big thing Northwestern brings. Also, Northwestern, recruiting the next two years might be a little tough. Um, They've just passed the new Ryan Field. So after 97 years, Ryan Field's going to be taken down. And um, there's going to be a a new Ryan Field that's going to be about 10,000 seats smaller. It's going to take two to three years to build. So Northwestern's probably going to have to be playing at Soldier Field the the next couple of years. And and that's obviously. I was going
0: to ask you. Yeah. Okay. So Soldier Field next.
2: it's okay. it's not, nothing has been been said yet, um, okay. but I would assume at Soldier Field, maybe Northwestern plays a couple more games at Wrigley especially once, um, you know, the Cubs season ends. Um, maybe two years from now, we see a lot more of those home games, like, backloaded into the schedule, so Northwestern can play at Wrigley, but uh, I think that's kind of a tough sell, but even in, in itself, it's also a u- unique opportunity, um, you know, telling recruits that they can play at Wrigley, playing at Soldier Field. You know, not every um, team in the country can say, oh, you're going to be playing in a in an NFL stadium, or much less an MLB stadium, if Northwestern continues that that Wrigley tradition moving forward, um, so I think it's it's both a good thing and a bad thing. But you know, in, in two or three years, and David Braun, if he's able to continue the success, I think this Northwestern team can only go up um, from obviously the summer.
1: Yeah, I feel like for the first time in a couple of years, if players want to join Northwestern, they have a team that they can get behind, a team that they can help build up to get to that next level. I feel similarly about our basketball team. I feel like last year, our first time in March, Madness, or second time ever in March Madness, like great showing of the fact that a player could join a program and build it up and not just come to a program where they might be like sitting on the bench in a program that's already really good. Like, no, this is a program that is just starting to get back again. David Braun is like the base of that um, and helping to build the program up step-by-step. Um, I can't see why anyone wouldn't want to join Northwestern. I mean, we're amazing. Like, why wouldn't you want to come here? But I don't know if everyone else feels the same, especially since we had a decommit, as Adam said, very recently, Um, which kind of sucks, especially since we just won our sixth game. But I guess Ohio State, like, you can't really beat that.
0: Yeah, you know, even, you know, pre-David Braun, not a lot of people are going to beat Ohio State uh, one-on-one for a recruit. But uh, what do you guys think? Shall, shall we make uh, final predictions for the games?
2: Yeah, let's do it. Oh, Dylan. All right, look. Dylan's
0: screen uh, Popped in.
1: Shall we bring him? Oh, Dylan. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> all right. We had, uh, Sex. All right. Uh, for those uh, not paying attention, our, we had uh, off screen. We had their third co-host uh say hello i didn't bring him <laughs> on because there's some shenanigans going on in the background but uh it was nice to see dylan um shall we make uh, final predictions for the game what do you guys think are you guys releasing yours yet
2: yeah you, you no, know let's good. do it so illinois obviously they've taken the last two but before that northwestern had won one two three four six straight i just had to you know look that up lovey
0: smith yeah he quit recruiting
2: um <laughs> I I think Northwestern obviously I think Illinois has more to to lose in the situation obviously bowl eligibility but I think this is a, really a, a, a moment where Northwestern can band together be like let's just play the disruptors let's mess up let's mess mess with this team let's really you know hit Illinois while they're down while they've had a tough season and let's just show the national media let's show the Big Ten that you know This is not a 6-6 team. This is not a team that's kind of like found their way into a bowl game, but a team that legitimately should be in a bowl game because that's what everyone in the locker room believes. That's what David Brown believes. And I don't even know if it's what Northwestern fans believe, um, but I think it's something that this Northwestern team believes. So I think that they play the role of the spoilers. Um, It's going to be an ugly game. I mean, every Northwestern game is, um, and especially in the Big Ten late in the season. But I think the Cats win, let's say, 24-20. Um, Illinois has the ball late in the fourth quarter, um, but you know, they, they, they get stuck around like the 30 yard line. Someone comes up with a big defensive stop and, uh, that, that ices the game. So the, the cats win by four.
1: Uh, that's a, no. Adam, you actually stole my score there. Um, I'll come <laughs> up with a new one, great but great minds. great minds think alike. Um, I don't think I can in good conscience, like say that Illinois is going to win this game. I'm, it's just rivalry week I can't do it like like I just can't physically bring myself to say Illinois wins so I'm going to take the cats as well um instead of doing 24 20 let's do 27 20 let's do a, a touchdown at the end instead of an extra field goal or what no that's four points I can't math but let's <laughs> say we get an, an extra touchdown at the end I think that math works out um I just think the momentum that we have we won our first two in a row the rest of our season has been uh, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win. I think we go three in a row. Um, we just have that momentum. We have the fans storming the field. We have our storybook ending for Ryan Field before it gets torn down. Like I just I, I just can't see the season ending other way, any other way, um, especially against our rivalry team. I think it'll be a sweet win for Cats fans. Make it seven. Um, just cap off what the most unexpected season
0: I think it's time to put a damper on this Cinderella season. I think uh, Brett and the coaching staff are zeroed in. They know how important this game is. Um, when the fans didn't exactly believe in the team after that uh, Nebraska t- uh, game, Brett and the coaching staff, they didn't back down. They, they coached us up, uh, as I was telling you guys earlier. I think it's a season were extended another few weeks, uh, you know we we'd be one of the better teams in the Big Ten West, and I think we kind of see that uh, on Saturday. I think we have another fun John Paddock game. I'm going to say again, we're, considering our lack of running backs, I'm going to say he'll put up 350 yards. Uh, it's going to be the game's going to go over. I think it's going to be a fun game. It's one of the more fun games to watch. Uh, for rivalry week, and I'm gonna go with 31-21. Illini finish six and six. You know, get that bowl game, and uh, you know we'll deal with you guys uh, next year. You know, we'll we'll see how things go moving forward. Wherever we play next year, whether it's in Soldier Field or Wrigley Field, uh, that's gonna be fun for sure all right well uh guys uh, if you don't mind uh, maybe tell the listeners again uh the ones that subscribe to my feed uh where they can find you and i can kind of do the same and uh good luck on saturday
1: yeah absolutely best of luck to you and illinois even though i will not be rooting for you guys in the slightest um we're the wild chat at the wild chat on twitter on twitter you can find our spotify and our youtube link where you can find our podcast but we post everything on twitter that's our most up-to-date social media or x it's twitter. it's twitter um so at the wild chat and it's the wild chat podcast on youtube if you're not on twitter um and yeah at big banter sports you can find both of our podcasts as well
0: okay and uh, i'm the align i cast uh Basically, we try to release a couple episodes every week. We mainly focus on college football, but we also dabble a bit or two in our college basketball team, which uh, historically is a little bit better than our football team. And uh, thank you guys uh, for joining us. And uh, again, I actually take back my good luck. I, I'll wish you luck in the bowl game. And uh, let, let us have one on Saturday, all right? We'll see. We'll see. All right. Take care, guys. And uh We'll talk to you guys later. Perfect.